My guest this week is Angela Davidson from Passion for Protection, and we talk about changing the language used in protection advice to get more clients interested in getting covered. Welcome to episode 233 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. This week, it's a bit of a focus. It's a bit of a deep dive back into the protection industry. Yes, going back to my roots here. Now, protection isn't the most interesting of subjects, and the majority of people don't wake up in the morning and think, do you know what? Today, I'm going to take out protection insurance. But my guest this week certainly tries to make the subject interesting, and she's got some very interesting ideas on how to change the language we use when talking about protection insurance to make it more appealing to the customer and to the client. So let's get straight into that interview with Angela right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Angela, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hello there. Tell me, Angela, where are we Zooming each other from today? Of course, I'm in Edinburgh as always. And I'm from near Chesterley Street. Near Chesterley Street, down there, not far Indeed. from Newcastle. In fact, my father was born in Chesterley Street, so uh, quite close, quite close. Yeah. Angela, you are a sales performance consultant. You've also been a business development manager for various big financial services companies. And today we're going to talk about your new venture. You've recently launched a company with the intriguing name of Passion for Protection. And, and I think you're helping other financial services companies improve their sales of protection insurance. But before we get into that, Angela, give everyone listening to the Marketing and Finance podcast a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, how your career developed, where you're going, and, and basically what makes Angela Davidson tick. Okay. I started 33 years ago um, in the bank, like an awful lot of financial advisors did in the time. Most people started off as a junior and worked their ways up their way up through the bank and and um, that's exactly what I did, um, but fell in love with mortgage advice and really enjoyed it. But to me, it was always about talking about protection with people. And that was the highlight of my experience with people. And I felt very privileged to know when they walked out from dealing with me that they had cover in their hands, you know, they had a policy to take away. So I don't know where this absolute drive for protecting people came from. Because people sometimes say it's because I've had tragedy in my life, um, which can help people to, to get a story across. But it isn't that. Uh, thankfully, I've had a, a very fortunate um, life and, and my family have all been um, blessed up to now. So, But I, I do feel this total passion to get people protected. And um, hence, I, I left being a, a mortgage and protection writer to become a business development manager, which I loved but I think the, the biggest thing was, that was nearly six years ago now, the biggest thing was that when I went out to see firms, I realised that a lot of people struggle to talk about protection. There are a lot of taboos about it. You know, you mentioned before at a meeting that we were in London, you said the three Ds, death, disease and disability. Yeah. And a lot of financial advisors 
really don't enjoy that part of financial advice. Um, but we also know that on the other side of the, the coin, we get an awful lot of objections from people who are going to live forever and who are never going to get poorly. Um, so I find it a real challenge. And I've I brought together this business because I do think there is a lack of sales training for advisors to give them confidence to talk about protection, to overcome objections, to be able to get clients to fully appreciate risks that we all face. And that's where my my business really is a little bit different because I'm giving people all of the experience that I've built up as an advisor, but also in business development. And I've, I've rolled that together. It's quite unique because providers really like to tell companies about their products and I'm quite different. It is how to talk about it. So hopefully in the future, um, you know, I've only just started this venture, but I, I want to enthuse people and give them the confidence to, to talk about protection and, and get more um, clients with the protection that they need. Thinking back to when you were a mortgage advisor for a moment, obviously people taking out mortgages, that they're buying their dream home, whether it's their first home or they're moving to a bigger one because they're having families. It's a massive, massive financial commitment. But for people taking out a mortgage, it's all about the house, isn't it? We want this house. It's our first house. It's our second house, whatever it is. That's what's in their mind. And my take on this has always been that getting a mortgage is an incredibly tortuous process. The amount of paperwork that's involved in it, the amount of things you've got to sign, the amount of checks that have to be gone through before you actually get the money to allow you to buy the house. How on earth did you manage to talk about protection at the same time? Because there's so much going on. And a lot of people say to me, one of the reasons why the protection conversation doesn't come up in the mortgage is because the mortgage is just so damn complicated. So what, what, what was it about yourself that allowed you to create this passion for the subject and also, of course, advise your customers to take out protection as well as going through that mortgage process? Well, first of all, I agree with you. There is nothing straightforward about mortgages. And and I feel sorry for anybody who has to research and, and work their way through sometimes a couple of different applications now where they might not um, even get the mortgage on their first attempt or even the second. So it, we hear of people having to place mortgages with several different lenders before that it even gets to a, a decision nowadays. So I, I do have sympathy there. But I think that... Um, I did have really good training, um, even going back to in the bank with Barclays. I had great training on protection. It was always drilled into us how important how important it was. Um, but then I was also coached when I was a mortgage advisor, um, and I was given some very good advice, which was, you know, you you mention it immediately. It, it's virtually the first you know words out of your mouth, um, and I've always believed that. The two go together. If you believe that they are integral to each other, that will come across in your conversation. And I think a lot of advisors are so bound by the pressure of getting a mortgage that they let the protection slip. And the moment you do that, you don't um, come across with, with that intention that this is the norm. We do both at the same time. And um, so I was a great believer that that's what had to be done. And also, I didn't shy away from how long it would take. I always made sure that people understood it was so important 
that it would take time. And that took the pressure off me um, on the time constraints of it as well. Um, you know, it, it took as long as it took because this is really important and we're going to discuss it. So it, it kind of, yeah, I, I was a little bit of a stickler about we will do this and it will it will be worth your while to have that, that conversation. And presumably you had to be quite tenacious to follow this up because I can imagine that, you know, once the mortgage is sorted out, once they've got the keys to the house, then if you phone them up and say, we still haven't sorted out the protection, you may well just say, well, actually, we're not, we're not interested in that now. We've got the house, you know, we've moved on. Yeah, I suppose that didn't really happen in, a, in many cases. Most cases, there, were either, there was either an application going through for the protection, and perhaps it was taking a little bit of time because of underwriting, or it went live on the same day the mortgage was completed. There were very few that I, I didn't get, and I think that's, um, you know, perhaps look or, um, you know, I had a, a good audience who, who I saw, but most people, I, I pretty much said, you know, we don't do one without the other. And there are ways of, of helping clients to understand how important it is. You and I were at that meeting in London where the gentleman said, we can tell people until they're blue in the face that they need protection. But that isn't really um, ever going to, to help. The, the way to get people to do it is for them to tell you that they need it. And that's where conversations and questioning techniques, that's where they come into play. When somebody is telling you, yes, I need this, then you you are definitely um, on the winning streak there. And that's the way I used to play it. Yeah, we can come into talking about the language that we need to use when getting people to think about protection in a moment. I just want to follow up on the um, subject that we were talking about and mortgage advice and that sort of thing. Obviously, we know that the man on the street doesn't wake up in the morning and think, wow, today's critical illness cover day. Wow, today's income protection day. I'm going to take out critical illness cover. It, It just doesn't happen. It's not an exciting product. And we do know that for a lot of financial advisors, especially those who are perhaps focused more on pensions and investments, protection just doesn't seem to be part of the advice process for some. In fact, I've had a few conversations with people say, well, we don't want to touch protection. It's all that to do with that old style Allied Dunbar life insurance salesman. And I'm not a life insurance salesman. I'm a financial advisor. I give financial advice. And you can say, well, actually, protection should underpin all financial advice. But I do think protection has that stigma, even to this day. Do you agree? I think it does to a certain um, type of advisor. I think you're talking about wealth advisors sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a a phrase and it was too posh to protect and it did make me laugh a little bit <laughs> um, and it did make it was talking about um wealth advisors and I'm, I'm not tarring everybody with the same brush there are people who do embrace it um but a lot will turn away from protection and yet it is absolutely the most fundamental thing to protect your clients for the future for their resilience um and and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be put to the side, especially when a lot of these advisors call themselves holistic advice. Um, you know, people, um, you can't be holistic if you don't take somebody's future financial resilience into consideration. Even if they are wealthy, there, there will be reasons why you still need to have a look at, um, you know, their potential pitfalls that can can happen to them. So I, I think we've got to make it um so much more accessible to people and the norm it should be 
part and parcel of everybody's first um the first and last thing that they ever do it should be protection um all the time for me anyway and of course it's all very well saying that advisors shouldn't ignore protection, but let's face it, quite a lot of product providers, I know it's getting better, but quite a lot of product providers don't make it easy to deal with protection. You know, Underwriting can take a long time. The application forms are pages and pages and pages long. And sometimes the process can take months and months end to end, depending upon the health uh, circumstances of the individual. And I can understand why some people might just say, I'm just not going to touch that. It's just not what I want to focus my my business on. So you started as a mortgage consultant, moved on into these development business development roles within product providers. And again, you were helping that those companies develop their their sales and was that more of a sort of product push do you think as opposed to advice skills and selling skills or, or were you actually helping advisors develop their businesses in that in that role in the business development roles that I've had, um, you're certainly going out to be an advocate for the company that you're working for, course, which yeah. is understandable. So you are talking about the products that that particular provider has. But what I did find from the very beginning was people were asking for help. You know, how do we do this? How do we get over this objection? Have you got any ideas how we get leads? How do we get people to actually understand what we're talking about and that was the side of things that I always loved and I suppose it's been brewing for a long time but I I definitely took the the business development manager role more as an education role I thoroughly enjoyed getting into to businesses and helping them to upscale and think about even different products that they may not have looked at business protection before or they might it might have been wealth people who needed to know more about um, IHT planning to be able to utilise protection. And and I, I loved all of those elements of, of the education side of things. And was there like a, a, a light bulb moment or an epiphany moment where you were, I don't know, you were sat in a pub or a coffee shop or on a train or something, and all of a sudden, bang, this light bulb goes off and you think, do you know what, I need to leave product provider and I need to set up the business that eventually became Passion for Protection? Yes, a couple of things happened. Um, very much so, we weren't, as BDMs um, for product provider, we weren't really supposed to help people to sell. And I, I can't understand why that would be. It was more to provide them with information about the products. But to me, um, protection is such a hard conversation to have. And such a, it has so many um you know things against it, people who are going to live forever, etc. And people who um, it just don't see the need for it, that, that advisors need as much support in those conversations, in the sales conversation, um, as, as they ever could. So I, I knew that I would have freedom if I set up my own company to really focus on upskilling the selling skills. And I know a lot of advisors don't like that word, but it really does have to be sold protection. It, no, as you say, nobody's going to come running to you or knocking on the door um, to buy critical illness cover. It, it, you know, it just doesn't occur to people. So there, there is a skill there and there's an actual art and, and I love passing on that to people. But also it was my 50th birthday in October mm-hmm. and about springtime last year, I remember thinking to myself, oh, God, I love I love training people. I love seeing the difference that 
upskilling people can make and how many more people are getting protection because of these better conversations when I'm 55 I'll take my pension and then I will do this I will go and um, just be a consultant and you know help companies to make the most of their opportunities and you are right I did have a light bulb bulb moment it was like why do I wait five years from from this October Um, and that was when I I decided you know I, I should be doing what I love all of the time now not when I'm 55. And of course, that led to you setting up this business, Passion for Protection. And, and the services you're offering, I mean, one of the services you offer is like a, a protection process health check. That's where you'll go in and, and, and help an advisor with their, their end-to-end sales process. And of course, you also give individual sales performance coaching. And, and I guess that's the last, that's the, that last one is the bit I'd maybe like to focus in on. Because you said earlier, a lot of this is about the language that we use when we're talking to people, and, and presumably it's also about stories as well. And, and I guess in in the past, it's always been advisor tells the customer what they need to do. But you mentioned a different approach to to this, where it's more like getting them to tell the advisor the implications yeah. of not having protection. Can can you talk me through the reasoning behind that? How we've gone from the, the maybe the old style way of doing things to to a new style or 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 has your way always been the best way tell talk me through it i've always um been interested in what makes people tick Mm. so just like you i think you're a you study people Mm. and you're interested in how you get your your message across to people um and about five years ago i had some training when i was at royal london and tim hazel was our trainer for Mm. our team and he did a full day on NLP and I was absolutely loving it. I thoroughly enjoyed the, the insights into um, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, basically how we communicate both verbally and non-verbally and, you know, the, the intricacies of, of communication. Um, and from that day, I've always been interested. So I did a course, I've got the the practitioner's certificate. I did that a couple of years ago. I loved it that much. I sent my daughter on the course a couple of months later for her because I thought it would benefit her in her life Mm -hmm. and in her career as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I suppose what I'm trying to say is words are absolutely so important. And over the years of going out to see different advisors, I have heard them trip themselves up with words that I have thought more of um, since I did that NLP course, um, things that have made me realise that there are easy ways to talk about protection and there are hard ways to talk about protection. Um, And if you can eliminate some of the the words that trip people up, it will um, make a much smoother process for people. And also the way you can question people to really get them to focus and understand their risks. Um, using sort of, I suppose, clever phrases to to get them to um, pinpoint their own, um, you know, where they want to cover themselves. Um, so I've built that all in, plus training that I've had over the years. You know, I I, I must be like a sponge, but I've I've thoroughly enjoyed all of the the psychological training as well. You know, all the stuff that we did in the bank, and yeah, I'm just inspired by finding out and learning I still I still believe everybody can learn something new and I want to pass what I have over to people as well so give me an example of of the language and the words not to use or the words that language that don't work and then give me an example of 
the words and language which would get people thinking in the right direction? I suppose, I mean, I can go back years and yeah, I could go back 20 years um, where I've, I've heard advisors. In fact, I was taught how to, you know, I was taught this myself to, to say to people, oh, how would you cope if X happened? And really, I've thought better of that, um, particularly since that NLP course, because if you're asking somebody's brain how it would cope, they will tell you how they would cope. So they'll... Um, you know, you could say, how would you cope if you unfortunately had, I don't know, a stroke and you were unable to work, blah, blah. And and people can phrase those questions and make them bespoke to the people in front of them. But really, they do need to be asked. Um, but asking somebody how they'd cope, well, they'll sell their children, they'll move into a tent, they'll, you know, go back to their mothers and, and yeah, asking them for, for objections. Um, so I, I ban the word cope. I don't believe it has a place in a protection conversation. So to get back to what you said, which was what would you use instead, it would be what problems would having a stroke have on your financial situation should that arise? And, and then you, you have to be quiet and let people really think about it and absorb it. And, and it does work. It, it does help people to really get why you're having this conversation with them. And I think if it's said with a, you know, a real passion and, and if people really have conviction about it, it will come across better as well. I can see exactly why that would work. And, and in reality, it's only a very subtle change, isn't it? Mm. You're still getting people to think about what would happen if they had a stroke or whatever it was. But by just changing the words a little bit, you get them to talk to you as opposed to getting them to effectively come up with objections as to why they don't need a protection policy. That's right. But um, you are right. Some of the things that get people to change are absolutely, um, you know, you, you would hardly even notice them, but it, it could be just one word. <coughs> but um, those one words can build up and um, they're called marginal gains. If you've ever studied the, the British cycling team, they, mm. they make tiny little changes and the culmination of it is that, that you know, they've, they've been very successful recently. And that's what I love doing is really getting to know the people who I'm going to help or get to know their processes and just make fine tune those little those little things that really, really matter. But we, almost it takes a fresh pair of eyes to look in, into a company to be able to see those tiny little changes that need to be made. So we've moved on from the old days. I mean, I can remember some of those I guess, I guess they're always associated with Allied Dunbar. I don't know whether Allied Dunbar were actually responsible for it, but there was always that one. In this box is something. Oh, yeah. In this box is something that earns fifty thousand pounds a year. How much would you pay to ensure what's in this box? And of course, somebody will say, I don't know, forty pound a month or fifty pounds a month. And then, of course, the big reveal is you get them to open the box, and in the box is a mirror, and they're looking at themselves. And there you go. You see, you'll insure yourself for fifty pounds a month because you're the one that earns fifty grand or whatever it is. I think we've moved on from that sort of technique, haven't we? Or, or does that still go on? No, I think that that has moved on and thankfully so, because, you know, that that unfortunately has made, I think, you know, you were talking about um, some advisors who shy away from it now. I think it is because of the, the stigma mm. um, that was left behind. But like everything, we've gone too far the other way. Um, and now if it's just a cursory chat about protection and oh well we don't really want to force you into it I, not that I believe in forcing anybody into it but 
it's almost as if we have gone too far the other way. We, we don't talk about it enough for fear of, of looking like salespeople, but actually it really needs to be discussed. And, and quality conversations is what I'm talking about, you know, having, having great questions. And really it's letting the, the clients talk is more than you do and that does have a, a massive impact on um you know how much they actually get it um so yeah it's the quality of the conversations we need to we need to get away from allied dunbar days but definitely not as far as where we've gone to yeah and as a marketing person i've always been fascinated by stories and storytelling and and, and even i've noticed that recently in the protection market in the united kingdom over the last couple of years i think finally other companies and other people have woken up to the power of storytelling and there's been some great case studies of not only people in the industry themselves who've maybe faced an illness or or have have had an issue in the family but they've been projecting the stories of their customers out into the marketplace as well and i think those stories of real people and how they've coped with financial issues created by illness and whatever I think that really resonates with customers, doesn't it? So do you, tell me about how, how you build stories into into what, what you're teaching um, your customers. Yeah, I think it does. Um, you, you are right. A personal story, and as I've already said, I don't have any any personal story, thankfully, you know, touch whatever, mm-hmm. um, from, from my family to tell anybody. But over the years um, of advising and, and, you know, the conversations you have with people, I picked up so many things that I did use to pass on to other people. And it's funny because one thing that I have found is that there are a lot of academies nowadays mm. trying to get um, young ones through their exams to, to be financial advisors. And they're coming out of there qualified but they don't have the stories yet because they don't have the longevity in the business to have already had some experience of, say, claims or or clients' um, circumstances that have touched their heart. Um, and that's another thing that I, I love sharing. I love going into these academies and telling them, oh, you know, real-life situations where a policy would have saved the day or where it did save the day. And it really does make a difference to people. It gives them the conviction, especially when they haven't had that time in the business to have built it up. So, Angela, just talk me through the process then that you go through with your customers. So you've got a new financial advisor comes along to you. You've had a conversation. They want you to help them to to develop their protection business. What was the process you take them through? Um, initial conversation over the telephone and, and find out, you know, what their hopes are, what, what they're wanting to achieve, because you've got to build that into your um, your course that you're going to do or, or your, your training that you're going to do. But really, it's I've, I suppose I'm going back to my fact-finding days with clients. I, I virtually do exactly the same thing with the companies that I go to help because I need to know what they're like you know what are their clients like in general because obviously there's going to be a you know there's going to be some um differences there but you know what's the client base like 
Um, do they do most of the tele- do they do most of the business over the telephone? Do they do mainly um, face to face? Um, I, I want to know what the, what their fact find is like. And um, very often I will receive a, a blank fact find from them, and I can almost almost see ways where um, perhaps it isn't in uh, an order that is the best for talking about protection. So I I might suggest that they swap around the fact find a little bit, but also going back to important words, um, sometimes the questions phrased on the fact find are really um, badly phrased. Um, And and there are words in there that I want to change or, 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 you know, some help that I want to give them to get the most out of the fact find. Because um, to me, it isn't just a, a, form filling in exercise there are so many nuggets that will help them um so many soft facts you can get out of a fact find if you if you take the time to really um have those good conversations so i think it's a great tool and and that's where i um i suppose i want to know the ins and outs and then i will make a course that's really geared up to what they are wanting to achieve um, and take into account how they do their business, um, you know, their processes and things like that. Also, even, you know, who are the power planners? What are they doing? You know, it, it really could be as in-depth as that. I want to know everything so that I can add value where it is, um, you know, going to be best received. So, Angela, what would be the one big thing that you would like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast to take away from the experience you had starting as a mortgage consultant, becoming a business development manager for product provider, and now as the head of Passion for Protection? To think about the process, and sometimes, do you know what, It, it, it isn't easy when you are in a business where leads are flooding in and we've talked about mortgage the the stresses and strains of getting mortgages and if work is just tumbling in and you're going from day to day but you know that those opportunities are being missed with protection use somebody like myself to to really I was going to say um energize your process and and put some oomph back into it because it's so easy to be on that treadmill and and just going from day to day whereas I think some um a bit of inspiration and a bit of passion put back into things um really can make a difference and and I have seen that it really is incredible to hear somebody. I mean, the fact you've named your business Passion for Protection says a lot, because let's face it, it is a dull subject. And for most people, it's just not something they want to think about. But you have to be passionate about this thing if you're going to become a champion for it. So hats off to you for, for doing this, Angela. It's fantastic. Angela, I'm hoping that people listening to the show might want to get in touch with you. So tell me, what's the best way that they should connect with you? Well, they can pick up the phone anytime. Um, I can give you that number. It's 07-485-028-465. Or they can email me on Angela at passionforprotection.co.uk. Or they can go on my website and have a look. Um, there is a, a form that they can fill in and that will get me to, to come back to you. Um, a contact um, form on there. And that's um, www.passionforprotection.co.uk. And obviously, you know, pick up the phone. I will have a really good chat with people and and, um, 
that it, that's in, in an initial free chat. There's no problem there whatsoever. Great stuff. Angela, it's been great to talk to you this afternoon about all things protection. Let me wish you every success for your business passion for protection. And no doubt I'll bump into you at some industry event over the course of the next 12 months. That would be brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.